with you, it is not so much this morning a scripture that we're going to look at, but a person. How many know God gave us examples that we can learn from, whether for their good or for their bad? I want to look at this person this morning, and his name is Judas. You know, Judas is the man that if any Christian biblical understander was seeing the grocery store walking down the same aisle with the thing of five dozen eggs in his hand, that Christian would want to shoulder bump him and make those eggs go everywhere. I mean, you know what I'm talking about. This is the guy that you would want to intentionally, accidentally step on his brand new pair of white shoes at church. Want to look with you the Judas lesson before you do. Tell someone next to you you look thinner and younger than last week. Amen. Come on, tell them. You look thinner and younger than last week. What you're doing is working. I'm not going to use a particular scripture, amen, but you can open to John chapter 6. And I want to examine the man Judas with you today. You know, Judas lost some things that were extremely, extremely precious. When I proposed to my wife, it was at the Grand Canyon, I proposed to her and... and I'll tell the whole story later on, but the ring that I got her, I didn't know the size of her finger, and I got a ring that was a little too big, and when we put it on, it was jiggling up and down, I said, Julie, let me just take it back, I'll put it, I'll put it in my pocket, I'll keep it safe, no, 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 I will keep a fist, I never want to take this off. <laughs> She said, I begged you for six months to marry you, and now the debt just kidding. <laughs> and it wasn't about 30 minutes later that she got a look of fear in her eyes, and she said, Josh, the ring is gone. It almost ended before we even got started. I'm just saying. Just saying. <laughs> Long story short, we found the ring. But how many know it is possible to lose things that are precious? This is what Judas did. Is he lost some things that were extremely precious. These would be things that should be captured and never let go. He lost the precious relationship with Jesus Christ. Judas lost the fellowship with the other disciples, the family that God has given you. Judas lost the incredible, incredible privilege of ministry. How many know ministry is not I have to, ministry is I get to. Yeah, amen. Judas lost the precious work for the kingdom. Ultimately, he lost his reward in heaven. He lost his crown. And Judas, the truth is, does not have a great ending other than if you would look at his story. If you would hear the word of God this morning, the best ending to the life of Judas is it could be used to change yours. Mm. Come on. Yeah. The Judas lesson 
And I want to look at seven things that I believe God gave me for us this morning. Number one is Judas, he refused to change. Think with me for a moment that Judas saw great, incredible miracles. Can you imagine having a front row seat to 5,000 people got fed with two fish and five loaves of bread? Jesus lifting it up to heaven. Can I tell you that Jesus doesn't always bless enough. He blesses not enough, therefore it will become enough. This is why we give. This is why we tithe. God, I am lifting up my not enough. And when it comes down, the windows of heaven is open. And it becomes more than enough. But Judas, he saw firsthand 5,000 people fed with two fish and five loaves of bread. The impossible. Judas got to see a dead man raised and come back to life. How many would like to see some of these things? Come on. Me too. Amen. So don't just look at me. Come on, Pastor. We want to see some action. It's the truth. He saw the dead raised to life. He saw the lame man walk. He saw the arm get stretched out. He heard people screaming, I can see. I can see. No doubt. How many times did Judas have chills shot through yeah. his body because of the miracles of God? Yeah. Judas was there and saw Lazarus, someone he personally knew, raised from the dead. Here he is, surrounded by incredible ministry, incredible visions and things that Jesus had done right before him, but as you look at his life, Judas never changed. John 6, 70, then Jesus replied, Have I not chosen you, the twelve, Yet, one of you is the devil. Mm. Say it, the devil. Jesus says this the day after he completes the choosing of the 12 disciples. And looking around, he says, you know what? One of you is a devil. You know, the tragedy of Judas's life is he started out the devil and he ended the devil. How many know it's possible? Yeah. One of you is the devil. This is Judas starting out and ending. He was with Jesus for three and a half years and still ended as the devil. He never changed. He refused to change. And the tragedy of Judas's life is he ends the same way that he starts out. He never let what he heard and what he saw change wow. him. Come on. He never allowed it to begin to affect him. Can I tell you this morning, it is not enough just to be where Jesus is and to hear what Jesus teaches us. It's not enough. Say it with me. It's not enough. It's not enough to be where Jesus is and to hear what he says. It's not enough just to read the Bible or to listen to preaching or to hang out with other believers. The great challenge of life in your Christian walk is to allow God to get in and to begin to change you. Come on, amen. 
Arrange the furniture of your living room. Well, I want my couch there. And Jesus says, I don't care where you want your couch. Yes. Amen. Amen. Come on. The great challenges are to let God, the Word of God, the preaching of His Word, to completely change your life. Christianity is about a Christ like you. A better you. A more powerful you as I preached two or three weeks ago. I don't want to just get so religious that I come around Jesus. I hear Jesus, but he never changes my life. How many know Christ changes my attitude? Yes, amen. Sometimes I got a bad one. Don't look at me like that. The only thing holding up your halo is your horns. <laughs> changes my attitude. Changes my morality. He changes my character. He changes my integrity. My life is lived. Lord, I need to become more like you. Lord, I'm not what I used to be, but I'm not where I should be. Come on. Amen. And the first thing we see about Judas's life is he starts out the devil and he ends the devil. Amen. He refused to change. Number two, Judas. The lesson here is Judas wanted to give some, but not all. Remember when Mary poured the alabaster box over Jesus, she began to worship him and dry his feet with her hair. And Mark 14, the Bible tells us that Judas had a problem with that. He says, why do we waste this? What is the purpose of this extravagant worship? What is the purpose of this all-in lifestyle? Judas was okay with the woman giving something, but he had a problem with the woman giving everything. Yeah. And that is modern day Christianity. Yeah, yeah, he yeah. did not think that she should give everything. He did not think that my whole life, everything that I am, belongs in the hand yeah. of God. I can give some, but I don't need to give all. Yes, amen. Please learn from Judas. He didn't think that we should give everything. Please learn this lesson. When you have the attitude of giving Jesus some things and not everything, you will wind up losing everything. This is what happened to the life of Judas. He loses it all. The attitude like Jesus, when you begin to come to church and you begin to know and begin to understand some things that Christ wants all of you, that Christ doesn't want just some of you. Listen, you begin to understand these things and if you don't submit, if you don't make that choice, you will begin to be pushed out of the church instead of being brought in. Yeah, come on. You'll come to church. You'll hear these biblical truths. You'll hear what the Word of God says. And when you don't submit your heart, your heart begins to turn and it begins to push you out instead of bring you closer to Christ. Yes, amen. The attitude of, I'll give some things and not everything. This is what happened to Judas. And he lost it all. 
Partial commitment. Compromise. Judas refused to change and only partially commit. Did not give everything. He gave some things. Read the Word of God. He participated. He gave some things. But he did not give everything. I tried to communicate every single service. The joy of salvation is when Christ has your everything. Yes. Come on, amen. That is the joy of salvation. Yes. That is the joy of living for God. That is the joy of walking with yes. the purpose and the destiny that God calls us to be. Listen, it's not on partial commitment. It's not on partial some things. It's on God. You have my everything. Yes. Thank God. Amen. Judas refused to change. Only he partially committed. Give something, not everything. I tried to tell you over and over, listen, this needs to be your attitude. Lord, if I got it, you can have it. Amen. You can have my relationships. Amen. You can have my future. You can have my mind. You can have my body. You can have everything that I am. I surrender it all. You can have an extra 30 minutes so I can be on time for Sunday morning service. On Sundays. Amen. Judas, he wanted to give some, but not all. Number three. The life lesson of Judas is worship is not waste. Come on. Judas called it a waste when Mary called it worship. Jesus told Judas to leave Mary alone. She is doing something great. But in the eyes of Judas, her worship was waste. Can I tell you, worship is not waste. Amen. Amen. Come on. You don't want to fall away. You better stop having the attitude that worship time is wasting time. Yeah. Come on. The attitude, I don't ever need to sing the songs. I don't need to clap my hands. I don't need to lift my hands in worship to God. I don't need this worship time. Can I tell you, our opinion does not matter. Yeah. Look at somebody and say, God doesn't care what you think. God doesn't care what you think. Amen. Our opinion does not matter. Can I tell you, praise is not a Pentecostal thing. Praise is a biblical thing. Yes, amen. Amen. Our worship, our vocal praise, when we begin to lift our voice and speak in tongues, can I tell you, you come to a Christian, non-denominational, Pentecostal church, and I am not ashamed of that. Praise is not a Pentecostal thing. It is a biblical thing. Read your Bible. It says to praise Him with the clapping of hands, the lifting of hands. The Bible says even with a loud shout, praise the Lord. How many know praise will change your attitude and it should change your attitude? 
There's people you come in with folded hands and you leave with lifted hands because that is the power of praise. Praise should change your spirit. I found in my illustration notes about praise, I remember a moment in China and this was just a moment where I knew music changed the atmosphere. It changed my personal attitude. What we were doing is we were moving from one house to another in China. The the second move, we have to move again. And I'm telling you, God, why do we got to move? I don't like moving. Can I just be honest? Amen? Amen. Shifting all your stuff and boxes again and duct tape again and movers again and broken stuff again and unpacking again and, and all this craziness. And I'm telling you, the attitude just wasn't right. And we're unpacking. Lord, why can't you just give us a house? Just kidding, but I'm just giving you a picture of the atmosphere. And Julie got the idea, said, you know what? We need some loud worship music. Amen. And she got one of our little uh, uh, Bluetooth speaker players, and she turned it on full blast, and we began to sing along. And I'm telling you, within minutes, the entire atmosphere was changing. We're singing along, and we're tapping along. Julie got up, and she's beginning... My wife can dance, and she thinks some dance moves. i got to be honest, I don't got it, but I threw out a couple of dance moves. And I'm telling you, within minutes, the entire atmosphere of that room in our home completely changed. Worship will prepare our hearts, it will prepare our mind, it will prepare your spirit for what God wants to do. Listen, worship is not waste. You need to come into church and sing these songs. And if we need to, we'll turn up the speakers a little louder to cover up your wrong notes. But listen to me. Worship is not waste. Come on. Praise is powerful. Praise Him with your voice. Praise Him with instruments. And when you pour your worship on Jesus, it is not a waste of time. Can we worship God together right now? Let's worship God. God, we give you praise and glory. know Jesus. There was a huge difference. Judas knew about Jesus but did not know him. Let me show you something. If you look at the story of the Last Supper, Jesus says, one of you will betray me. And all the disciples, all the, uh, the disciples, the Bible says, they said, Lord, is it I? Lord, is it I? Lord, Lord, they heard Lord 11 times. Is it me? Lord? Then Judas doesn't say Lord. He says the only one, Rabbi. 
teacher. Rabbi means master. But rabbi does not mean Lord. Lord is the word for sovereign God of the universe. Lord is the word of everything. Lord is the word God. Here's my life, my future, my children, my time, my finances. That is Lord. But Judas says, Rabbi. He knew about him because he was the teacher of Judas. But he did not receive him and know him for who he was and who he is. He knew about him as teacher, but didn't know him as Lord. This is my fear as a pastor of a church, is that many people will know about Christ, but they do not know Christ. Especially our children. Our children's children. Will they know him? It is possible to be raised in a Christian family and know all about Him, but not for yourself know Him. And the way that you know Him goes back to what we have previously spoke about today. Number one, there's no change. Can I ask you this morning, is there change? Number two, there's no worship. Can I ask you this morning, how is your worship? Yeah. Or do you think, man, what are, what are they going to say? What are they going to think? And, and I don't do that. That's not me. My personality. Listen, it's everybody because it's the Word of yes, God. Amen. Amen. Number three, you just give Jesus some things, but you don't give Him everything. This is exactly why the world we live in has become so religious. This is what I want you to see, is that Jesus knew for three years that Judas was going to be the one that would betray Him. Think about this. Jesus never exposed Judas to the other disciples. Not one time. Did Jesus ever say anything? This is why none of the disciples knew who was going to betray Jesus. On the outside, what men could see, all of them were the same. All of them looked good. All of them served. All of them had outward service. No one knew who was going to betray Him. But Jesus the entire time, you know, Jesus is so fair to Judas that he gave him the exact chance as the other disciples. Yeah, come on. Come on, you know what we would do. <laughs> yeah. If we were Jesus, if we knew a devil in someone else's life, everybody knows about that devil. <laughs> Tell everybody what they did to us. Who they really are. But Jesus knew who he was. He knew what he was doing. And never exposed him. Refused to expose Judas to the other disciples. The whole time Jesus saw areas in the life of Judas that needed big change. But he never told him so. That's power. Yes. Can I tell you, it is the same today. 
things that you can see in people's lives. And if you tell them anything, they'll get mad and leave. There are things that you can see in the lives and Christianity of people. And if you speak up, they'll never talk to you again. Can I tell you, discipleship is about learning with your eyes and through the Holy Spirit. Sometimes you need to be told personally. But most of the time, it is seeing and hearing what your God-given examples do. Number four, Judas knew about Jesus, but did not know Jesus. Number five, very interesting. Judas had the wrong timing. Many scholars believe that Judas did not actually believe or even think that the Romans would crucify Jesus. Think with me for a moment. They did not they do not believe that Judas thought and knew that they were going to put Jesus on a cross and crucify him. It makes logical sense when you think about this. What he believed is if he betrayed Jesus and he brought the soldiers to him, it would start a revolution and it would push the will of God into action. Mm. And it would speed up the coming kingdom that Christ always talked about. He thought it was going to be an earthly kingdom. Judas, they say. He thought that maybe it was going to be a political kingdom. We're going to institute a president and vice president. Jesus is president and Judas is Mike Pence. (laughs) He thought that it would be a political kingdom and take the nation of Israel back from the Roman Empire. Or it would just start a revolution and push Jesus into this revolution. Other words, he had the wrong timing. Can I tell you this morning, you cannot make God hurry up. Come on. Try to force him to do things. Now, when God says to wait, you don't tell God, I give you one year to fix this. (laughs) Yeah, (laughs) come on. You don't tell God, God, six months, and if it's not there, I mean, (laughs) iron me up a polo shirt. If I'm not married by this time, I'm going to the strip. Can I tell you, you don't do that. This is the lesson from Judas. When you begin to say that I am tired of waiting on God, I'm going to do it myself with my own hands, my own ideas. And I will tell you, in any church, in any group of Christians that gather together, there are people, I would say, some are doing that right now. In this church, trying to hurry up God. God, you're too slow. God, I'm just going to inject some nitro for a sec. 
trying to speak things up. Listen to me. Losers have wrong time. Yes. We must let God be God and accept the timing of God for our lives. God, your will. God, it is your word that says no man, no situation can stand before the process and the future, the purpose you have for my life. So God, I'm going to give it to you and I'm going to wait. Amen. Amen. Judas had the wrong timing, number five, number six. One of the most powerful statements that Judas ever made. And he made it to the wrong people, but he says, when you get Jesus, never let him go. Judas said to the soldiers, guys, I'm going to kiss the one that you want. The one I kiss is Jesus, and it's it's this, you hide right here, wait for my kiss, and then arrest the one that I kiss. Remember the story? Yes. This is what he said in Matthew 26, 48. Now he betrayed him, gave them a sign saying, whoever shall I kiss, that same as he, hold him fast. This is Judas telling the soldiers, hey, when I kiss that guy, Get him. Hold him fast. Judas said, when you get Jesus, hold him fast. Do not ever let him go. Jesus tells us that if you ever get your hands on Jesus, how many agree with me this morning? Never let him go. Yes, amen. I don't care how far you have fallen, how bad you've messed up. Maybe you went back into your sin. You brought shame and disgrace on yourself or your family. I don't care what has happened. But if you get your hands on Jesus, don't ever let him go. Yes. I promise you that, it, that he will never let you go if you don't let him go. Yes, amen. Yeah. And his grip's a whole lot stronger than your grip. Amen. Amen. The devil tries to throw butter and oil and all kinds of stuff on your hands. That's why you need to come to church. Some antibacterial soap and clean them up so you can hold on to Jesus. I don't care how far you've fallen or bad you've messed up. Can I tell you, even if your grip gets loose, he will do what he can to hold on to you. Religion will let you go. People will let you go. People in the church will let you go. But Jesus will never let you go. Listen to Judas. If you get your hands on Jesus, never let him go. Powerful. Don't let anything get you loose or spill away your grip that you have on Jesus. Nasty girlfriend, all she is is oil on your hands. Nasty boyfriend. Don't let the longer you're saved, the more be comfortable you become. Loosen your grip on Jesus. Hold on to him. And let you learn this lesson, this powerful lesson. Salvation is freedom. And if you ever get freedom, don't let it go. If you get delivered from your old life, 
Don't let it go because the Bible warns if you go back, there are seven times more stronger spirits waiting to come back and the bondage will be even greater and a lot more. Yes. The ending devil will be worse than the beginning devil. So the Bible tells us and teaches us. If you've been saved, cleansed, free, do not ever let him go. Come back to Jesus yes. when you're broken and full of shame. Maybe even afraid. Come back to the cross. There could have been some this week thinking about quitting. There could have been some this week thinking about stopping. Listen, come to Jesus and never let Him go. Yes. I want to finish. Number seven. The life lesson of Judas. If you do not finish your assignment, someone else will. The Bible says that the 30 pieces of silver that Judas was willing to trade for his relationship with Christ, he ultimately accepted it. And the Bible says the next action is he threw it back at them or he threw it on the floor. The lesson is this. Whatever you are willing to exchange for your relationship with Christ, you will eventually lose it in the end. And as well, lose your relationship with Christ forever. If you're not careful. We know how Judas went. Tragic story of suicide. Hanging himself. Taking his own life. The Bible says that in the first chapter of the book of Acts. That the disciples were gathered together. Now it's only 11. Judas is gone. And in this chapter, they chose another disciple, Matthias. I want you to think, the Bible says in Revelations that there are 12 foundations found in heaven. And those foundations have the names of the disciples written on them. The Bible says. And on one of those foundations... Judas is erased. Matthias is added. This is one of those lessons. Can I tell you, if you do not finish your calling, your assignment, your purpose, the will of God for your life, God will call someone else to do what you were called to do. Listen to me today. God does not need me. I need Him. Yes, amen. Yes. God could take me down. Or God can raise me up. God can do whatever God wants to do. There could be some guy hurting, broken, lost completely everything, sitting at a bar this morning, getting drunk. God could take him, raise him up to do if I don't do my purpose. Yeah. Yes, amen. amen. This is why the book of Revelation says, let no man take your crown. Mm. 
It is possible that someone else could receive the reward that once had your name on it in heaven because you did not finish strong. You started out strong, but it's not how you start. It's how you finish. And there are people that have lost their way. As a pastor, if I do not do what I am called to do, someone else will do what I'm called to do. God doesn't have to have me. I have to have God. Yes. I say to you today, please listen to this. The Judas lesson, he refused to change. The Judas lesson, he would give Jesus some things, but not everything. The Judas lesson, he would call worship waste. The Judas lesson knew about Jesus, but did not know Jesus. The Judas lesson is Judas had the wrong timing. And finally, the Judas lesson, he says, if you ever get your hands on Jesus, don't ever let him go. The Judas lesson, if you don't finish what you're called to do, Someone else will finish it for you. I believe today, as I believe every service, this is a critical, critical time for the future and the destiny that are going to be determined by the words you hear and the words that are spoken today and the decisions that you make at this altar call. Amen. How will you respond? Every head bowed and every eye closed. God, we meet you this morning.